0: Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelly Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelly Shearer here, and I hope you are having a spectacular day. So on the weekend, my husband and I actually went to church. Now, I've spoken on it. I am a Christian, I'm quite clear about that, but I'm not a regular church goer so much in my life anymore. I don't go to church every Sunday. I probably should. As an um, kind of an emotional person, I do have to say that, you know, there's a reason the scripture says we're two or more gathered together. There is a synergistic energy that happens when people gather. Just like when you have your friends over for dinner. You know what, you and your husband are having dinner, one energy level, you and two other, three other couples, Bottles of wine are flowing, energy levels, you know, way, way up there. Really, church is no different. It's kind of whatever, whether it's a course you're taking or it's a group you belong to or you go to church on Sundays, that is where you go for that synergistic energy and, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Like mind you know, you're with other people that are of like mind. And I truly believe, you know, God understood that. And that's why it's in the scripture. And speaking of the scripture, this was just so timely. The reason I will laugh because, uh, and tell you this, the reason I went to church was I was supposed to meet my niece there. Now I mentioned on a few podcasts ago, the one on father's day, if any of you listened to it, that we were joking because my niece has a lovely young man in her life and we keep bugging him are you sure two weeks after that podcast he was so sure he proposed and gave her a ring and we are thrilled so we like you know O and Braylee are, are getting my niece are getting married in the fall we're so excited and they w- were considering coming to our church to get married um because the church a block away from my house is although it was raised in a full gospel Pentecostal church it is a Lutheran church but my husband's Catholic, so it was kind of a nice marrying of the minds. Plus, there's a, a lovely young uh, pastor there, and she's a, a female, actually. And I just really quite kind of relate to her. But there was a guest pastor there, and th- we were going to look at it with them because it's a little white chapel. Okay, it's a it truly is a little white chapel with a steeple, those big steps up the front, so very picturesque. Holds 150 people, stained glass windows. You know, you can probably visualize it, visualize it in your head. And for a smaller wedding, it's got that real fairy tale, romantic stuff to it. So the speaker was the pastor, sorry speaker, the uh, pastor was a, a guest speaker, and he was from Scotland. So you can just imagine the accent. It was cute as a button, and an older fellow what a sense of humor but what he spoke on and i'm gonna i'm gonna go through this and then i'm gonna tell you exactly what i did that was wrong (laughs) he was relaying the parable of uh, martha and mary now this is a scriptural thing if you weren't raised in the church you're not going to recognize this but it's the point of the story okay it's just a parable it's just a story jesus is in the home of martha with her sister mary mary is sitting at jesus feet raptly attentive to everything coming out of his mouth and martha gift of service is running around doing everything, getting the tea, getting the cookies, you know, tidying the house. And she comes to Jesus and complains and says, why aren't you getting my sister to come and help me? And Jesus looked at her and said, because Mary is doing in her heart what she should be doing. She was listening. She was contemplating. She was having that time with what was being said. There was value. There was wisdom to be learnt there. And Mary was just doing busy work. So it was interesting. He used the he used the example in the churches of, of the last, you know, 20, 30 years, how we took a lot of that scripture right out of context. Matter of fact, don't even get me started on how much scripture is taken out of context for people to justify bad behavior. But that's another podcast. Talking about how we have this thing in the churches where if we're not busy, 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 and like little bees running around, we're not serving, we're not being. You know what? That's not actually God's intention at all. And it's it's not how life works. And it was interesting him giving us this analogy because his point was, are you busy and never contemplating? Or are you always contemplating and never busy? Because there needs to be a marriage of the two. And it brought me back to something. Um, I did some coaching again with my, I know I bring her up a lot, with Monique and the Sacred Gifts. She does private coaching as well. And I worked with her for about nine months on a weekly coaching call with five other women. And it was it was fabulous. And she talks about the chaos cycle. Now, not my place to be teaching her course. Uh, and honestly, I try not to, but I just want to use this example where they talk, she talks about how you're, and I'm not even going to get it right, but there's four, you know, kind of four phases of going through where you are, you know, you get to be in chaos. And when she, when I attracted her into my life, I was in chaos. I was in a job that was highly stressful. I had had adrenal fatigue. I was operating at 17%. And after, you know, that contract ended, I got really, really sick. Then there's the contemplation the planning and then the action i think those are the four quadrants if not we'll ask her on the on when we interview her in the next uh, few weeks so it brought to mind this minister using this example of exactly what monique talks about and many other coaches and and uh, and seminar leaders and such that there is a time for all things it's kind of like that old song from the 60s there's this time to reap and a time to sow all things in their time one is not more important than the other and there is where there is the point I want to make that we tend to get vacillating to one side or the other and then go to an extreme are you doing this in your life is the busy are you taking no time to listen are you not listening to your unconscious remember the iceberg versus the dixie cup on the top of the iceberg above the water are you not reaching out to the universe at large if you do have a, a, a faith in god and or a faith in, in some religion in some god uh, whatever that is for you are you spending time in prayer and meditation Yoga is a really big thing for me because I grew up with prayer. Meditation for me is really just sort of the same thing. Every morning, every night as I'm going to sleep or just coming awake, I let my wine mind wander. I open and say, you know, bring me wisdom. Let, and I don't stop the thoughts. I just let them happen. Because that is in my world as a big of a pr- um, being prepared as it is being prepared in your business life for an opportunity. So what do I mean by that? If you have a business and you haven't trained how to weld, but you open the doors and put your placket on the wall saying Joe's welding shop and the business walks in and you don't know how to do the job, you're not prepared for that opportunity. Life and our emotional state is no different. If you are not living a life of learning and being open and questioning, then when opportunities arise, you're not you're not um, present for them so I actually need to talk about that because I have some thoughts on that one some things some stories that happened to my husband's in my life and people just think we're lucky there's a lot of luck but we were also very open and very prepared for when opportunities came arising so the point I wanted to make about the thing I did was wrong was <laughs> I listened to the preacher my first thought is this will make a great podcast and I'm making notes in my head so was I living in the moment no no I wasn't it took everything I had to sit in that service with my husband and it was communion and I love communion. I just love taking communion and it's funny I was very uncomfortable in that church when we started going 10 years ago because in the style of church I was raised in, everything's brought to you in the audience. So if you know what communion is breaking of bread drinking of wine which of course wasn't allowed when I was growing up because alcohol was a sin. Oh please everyone get over themselves. Um, The crackers went by the grape juice went by and it was all brought to you. Well, Catholic religions and a lot of the older type religions, you go to the front. Well, there's me going, I'm not doing that. What if I do something wrong? Da-da-da. So for years, I was in the Catholic church for all my nieces and nephews events and didn't take communion because I was worried. I was going to, you know, the etiquette of it all, I do something wrong. So anyways, we started going to this church and my husband was just like, "Hun, really? Let me, do, okay, this is what you do. It's no big deal. You just priest handles it all. I'm like, cool. So... I've gotten used to that now. I, I like going up to the front and our church, like I said, is this little chapel and it's a little circular alcove up at the front and uh, like a kneeling bench. And I do, I just love the ceremony of it all and I love the spirituality of it. I put something on the coulda, woulda, shoulda Facebook page last week. It was a great saying that a, a girlfriend of mine posted. Religion is sitting in a church and thinking about kayaking. Spirituality is sitting in a kayak on the water and thinking about God that is so true now when I was younger was it more I think it was important very important for me because I you know I do believe in God and I wanted that basis it's just another type of education it's like going to school we my family we went to Sunday school we went to church in the morning we actually even went to church at night on Sundays and I belong once I got to be 12 13 I was in youth group every Friday night so my spiritual education and I'd use that word education was quite extensive and was part of my upbringing now my children, my son and daughter-in-law, they're very against religion and they consider it all brainwashing and I just couldn't be more opposed to that ignorant attitude than I I can even express because I don't believe exposure is brainwashing. Now, I believe a certain way. I agree that people abuse that area of power and, and, you know, that brainwashing can occur but at the same token, I truly believe that the more we're exposed to at the appropriate age with the appropriate information is all just part of our education. And I consider that part of, you know, my education growing up. Church was part of my education, just like going to school. So I don't have any trouble translating that into going to a different style of church and a different religion. Same God to me, same Bible. They just express it slightly differently. But the customs are definitely more uniform. A lot of traditions in the older Lutheran, Anglican, Catholic churches, uh, Greek Orthodox, that I just wasn't raised with, the, the the newer full gospel churches are just you know they're very open very more laid back a lot of music ministry which I adore, or I did when I was younger. So I'm not uh, the point I was going there as I got rambling on that education part was, it was I think it was more more important for me as a young person because I was still finding my path finding my ground. Well, I'm very clear on that path now in my 50s. I am very clear on my belief system and that's just not going to sway in fact I spent a lot of time asking the question why 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 I love asking why I I don't know if I annoyed my parents growing up but I probably annoyed a lot of uh, bosses and mentors and stuff throughout my years because I just need to know why I grew up and was very closed in for a long long time in my teens because my religion was very strict and everything on site was a sin very unhealthy let me put that right out of the gate I consider that nonsense very unhealthy because no one's questioning ever and I, I believe you need to question because I truly for me anyways for me personally it makes me clearer in my convictions very much clearer in my convictions but I like to learn something I like to know why like for instance why was it a sin to wear lipstick in 1962 and teach Sunday school? Really? Well, it was in my mother's and aunt's generation. Their reasoning behind it was, you're acting like a floozy <laughs> wearing makeup. Okay, time and place. You have to understand the, either the time and place of things. But in this day and age of so much information, I sometimes think we need to actually go back the other direction. And I'm not even going to edit out that phone call because it was right in the middle of, of what I was saying. In the fact that you just, you know, education and knowledge is power, but always question. Because when you question, there is more knowledge and more power. And it doesn't mean that you're going to stop believing. It just could mean that you could believe more and have a clearer understanding of that. So I just thought that was a fabulous... lesson at church on Sunday. As it turned out, my niece forgot and to let me know that they couldn't make it. So I took pictures of the church, sent it off, and that's probably where they're going to get married in two and a half months. That's so pretty exciting. But are you listening and doing? Or are you in one camp or the other constantly? Because if you're always listening and contemplating and there's no action, nothing's getting done, folks. But if you're always so busy, 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 years are going to go by. Your knowledge base is going to um, deteriorate and you are not listening to what the universe has to tell you and you are not remaining open to the opportunities that the universe could have for you sometimes the universe god whatever he's speaking or she's speaking it speaking in a very very quiet voice that's why I was so excited to learn muscle testing in my own body and for my own health it has become now almost like a daily thing I don't just run around even nutritionally wise just doing whatever just because I think it might be right I asked my body is this good for me today because some days yes some days no I might have a bit of an imbalance maybe I had a little too much champagne or drank something and too much sugar was in my food or I had too much fat in my diet for a couple of days and my body's like hey my gallbladder and everything just needs a rest can you please not eat that today you can eat that tomorrow or the next day these two things are all really kind of important to me so both are important embrace both and I'll catch you on the flip side Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast. Leave a review on iTunes or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.